Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe that? Does anybody here believe that? We are from Arkansas, no. <laughs> Episode 74 brings us back to the baby name ballot. We're back. <laughs> All right. Because last week we were, yeah, last week mm-hmm. we were a baby. Yeah. So this time it's Janessa. Janessa. Okay. Which another Fundy family has that name. Oh, really? Um, You don't know much about them. It's the Rodriguez family. You only know, you've only seen the mom because when I was talking about how IBLP standards on makeup are to be like not heavy and more natural, and she's mm-hmm. definitely not on the light side and not that natural. Okay. Um, so you've seen her, but you don't know much about the family. But their youngest is Janessa. Janessa, okay. I did have something I wanted to bring up that's not really podcast related, but like kind of okay. So it's something that didn't occur to me until yesterday, which is. A week and a half after it originally happened. Mm-hmm. And when it originally happened, I told you about it and it obviously didn't occur to you either. And yesterday I was like, oh my God. So, so um, like I said, about a week and a half ago, I had fraud on my account. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. So what happened is, okay, so the one that really triggered me in the moment where I was like, oh my God, I need to cancel my card right now was because I got a charge. For the Lego store. <laughs> so I remember telling you, isn't that funny? Like I got a Lego store. So like I mm-hmm. uh, charge, but the part I didn't put two and two together all the way until yesterday was there was another charge on my account for Aldi. Really? And the thing about that one is that one first happened like three days before. Mm-hmm the lego charge one and i actually remember because i was in the middle of doing something i can't remember if i was working or like whatever but i'm in the middle of something and i have it set up so that anytime there's a charge on my debit card i get a text notification mm-hmm. so i get a text notification saying that there's this aldi charge and i remember thinking oh when i have a second look into that mm-hmm. because i had shopped at aldi earlier in the month like two weeks prior to that right before our party in like early mm-hmm. December or whatever. So I was thinking like, oh, maybe for some weird reason, did it just take a really long time to post, you mm-hmm. know? But like, I, I wasn't sure, but, but I was like, but would that show up on my card? Because that should just be like pending on the back end, but I should still get right. it on my card. But I was like, I don't know, look into it. Totally forgot about it until I got the the Lego charge. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the Aldi, it's like from another state and like whatever. But I'm like, what are the odds? <laughs> That the fraud on my account is Aldi. Yep. 
And Lego. And Lego. <laughs> Should have been Walmart in there for the full fucking trifecta. Right. Walmart, Canon uh, products, Canon-related products. Well, which is funny because we have a Canon printer. <laughs> Every single time I print out my digs and like I, you know, a little you know, box pops up Mer- and it says like Canon... Blah, 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 That's pretty I'm funny. Like, I think of it every time. Look at you. <laughs> she Any- loves a theme. I do. I didn't even mean to do it. So, I got that before. Did I get that after the podcast? I did, but not on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, that was my story. I just think that's really funny. It is. I got my money back. Still waiting on my card. God, it takes forever. Yeah. And now everything that I realized I had linked to my card, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, left and right. I hate that shit. That's kind of the rigmarole of having like a smaller um, footprint, like credit union as your bank, you know? Yeah, everything Some takes of those a lot. things take forever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's taking a long time. Mm-hmm. Any hoozle. <laughs> Let's get to the actual episode. All right. It's titled Duggars Dig In. Uh oh. So they're digging too. <laughs> and it premiered February 23rd, 2010. And the episode begins with Lego Hair calling the older girls downstairs, saying he has a surprise for them. Surprise instant, is a stretch. Um, instant cell phone belt clip sighting. Oh, That's yeah. the free space, but I'm just pointing it out. And then, um, oh, that just kind of reminded me. Funny story. Uh, a listener sent a photo of her dad's <laughs> belt clip from Christmas. <laughs> He might as well have had a fucking laptop strapped to his side because <laughs> that thing was huge. Because his phones got bigger, they still clipped into their belt. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> they were just like, whatever, you just keep slapping it on the side and go about yeah. your day. So like I've said before, I think that the cell phone belt clip is on everyone's bingo board of life now. Uh-huh. You know, it's just it's You funny just notice them. Yeah. yeah. It's just funny to see them. I had a boss at the hotel for a little bit that had a belt clip every day i would have gotten that one every day oh now i'm like who is it i won't make i won't have you say who it is but on <laughs> on ca- on mic on but, camera uh, <laughs> I was a camera. um okay so so he calls him down for a surprise and justice says my dad is famous for surprises some of them are great and some of them are interesting interesting in that case interesting is not a good adjective not so much Like, I always say that with food. Like, when you present somebody with food and you're like, hey, will you taste this? If they say that it's interesting, that is not good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was interesting. It was interesting. It was interesting, yeah. (laughs) So, he reads from the Bible, the life of of the flesh is in the blood. And as he says that, Ginger's eyes get all big and she mouths, oh, no. (laughs) So, would you say Ginger face? Technically, yeah. It wasn't extreme. I'd count but it. But I feel like it. Okay. Where's my ginger if, face? If anybody out there remembers, if anybody out there remembers the show on MTV, Celebrity Deathmatch, where they would have two celebrities in claymation that would wrestle. Oh yeah. It was always the the referee, because they would do something outlandish, and then he would go, "I'll allow it." <laughs> So he explains how Josie receives blood every day, and he's taking them down to the Red Cross to donate blood. Mm-hmm. And we get another Janice Speaks Square. Yeah, Two early episodes on. in a row. You can definitely feel the polar pull of them being like, let's showcase these girls better. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Homegirl has found her voice, maybe. Um, nothing too interesting at this point, but I'll be reporting more on her, what she says later. It's because the, what was the guy? What was the camera guy? The camera guy that there was rumors about? Oh, Frank's son. Frank's son, yeah. Frank's son was back there pulling the strings with the producers and be like, yeah, you know, give a little time. And, and she's looking real cute these days. Did you notice it? <laughs> like, she's looking like, she's got extra makeup on. Yeah. Like, the hair is looking real nice. Get it, Not girl. Not so crunchy. <laughs> so, Grandma gets left alone with the little kids. Poor Grandma. So now she has to watch the historic floors and children. She's on <laughs> All double, of the children. She's yeah. on double duty here. Yeah. And at one point, Lego asks her if she can handle it and follows it up with, you took care of me and I turned out all right. Crickets. Debatable. Crickets. <laughs> Debatable. Oh, uh, yeah. Rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So they arrive at the Little Rock Red, Red Cross Donation Center. And in his talking head, Lego says i don't like needles i don't like having to be around needles getting stuck i don't like any medical procedures especially on me but i don't let the girls know that oh it's a it sure is a big secret he is not the cool cucumber or pickle i guess um that he thinks that he, he is. probably thinks he is yeah because Jana says you can tell he's nervous because he won't stop talking mm-hmm. and that she thought jill would have the hardest time because she's always been afraid of needles which we saw during the mm-hmm. Wisdom Tooth episode where Jill was terrified and Jana was fucking happy and high. Yep. So, yep. Oh, those were the days. I was, remember, we're, Remember, that's our gauge. We're like, will we ever see a smile like that ever again? <laughs> Maybe if we could see right. her with Frank's son, yeah. like in 2024, mm-hmm. it might rival Maybe. that Wisdom Tooth smile of hers. Oh, man. She was so but happy. You can also sell that. You can tell that that's where Jill got that part of it too, because she's the same way. She's like reading that booklet, oh, like yeah, letter getting... for like letter for letter, word for word, and you can tell it's because she's nervous. Yeah. So what he's referencing is that the girls are kind of like huddled up and they're reading from like the manual or you know whatever. It's it like is. the disclaimer notes when you go and deliver when you go and donate blood. So Jill's reading it out loud and she goes, you may refuse to participate now or at any time during the donation process. And she says it kind of like funny. But I'm also thinking they're probably just not used to being able to say no or like shut things down. So it's also kind of a novelty. (laughs) You can say no at any point. Yeah. Can they though? Mm. But this binder says they can. (laughs) They can tell the Red Cross no. (laughs) So after they do their little questionnaire and physical, they're getting settled in their like donation chairs to begin Mm -hmm. the process. And Lego keeps asking them if they're okay. And Janice says, he he kept kind of checking on us, but I really think he was wanting us to check on him and ask how he's doing. 100%. That is absolutely what it was. How you doing, girls? (laughs) How you doing, Janice? And she's like, fine. Like, (laughs) and we get to debut a square. Ooh, yeah. We get a thumbs up from Jessa. Isn't that crazy? The thumbs up. I thought like our first thumbs up would come from a little or a ginger. Mm -hmm. But our first thumbs up is from Jessa Blessa. Yeah. I've realized maybe it's just the way that they like have framed this season so far and stuff. But um, Jessa's slowly, slowly creeping up the level of people that I appreciate. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Interesting. I just appreciate the fact that she's kind of interesting. like interesting. I just see what think I'm it's saying there. See, see my joke? No. Because you just said when people say interesting, it's not good. Oh. There's <laughs> my joke. Funny. So I was like, interesting. That's a callback I didn't get. Yeah, she's just saying more, Small and I think it's campus. funny because she's more like she's more roasty than any of the other ones. It's because she's got a snarky side door. That's yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I appreciate is her like her lightly roasting everybody around her now that they're letting her talk. Yeah. You know. So Jessa has been the most unbothered by all of this, so she's not really nervous. So I think that's why she's she's feeling comfortable with the thumbs up. She's the cool cucumber. She's just like, I can give a thumbs up. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. And boob is a boob. Yeah. Because he does not handle it well at all. No. He is not the pickle he thinks he is. He is not given <laughs> the thumbs. When they stick him with the needle, he kind of, he makes like a big, like, grimace wince. Wince, yeah. And he kind of freaks out. And there's a f- funny part. Because she's like, I'm going to need you to relax. And he's like, relax my grip. And the lady's like, relax everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, no, you idiot. Everything. Yeah. And they were when they had like a close up on his face when they were doing it. So all you saw was the wince, but you could tell that like his entire body was flexed. You know what I mean? He was not doing it right. Not doing so hot. No. Turns out was even worse than we saw, like you said, because he flinched. He like flinch gripped so much it blew his vein out. Yep. So they had to switch him around and do the other arm. Yep. So you know. He's such like, he's such a man child. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. So Jessa, you know, had been all unbothered, but she ended up getting lightheaded at the end. Mm-hmm. She was right on the edge of the range of being able to donate. So wasn't super surprising, mm-hmm. but everybody was kind of like bringing ice and like they're so, yeah. all around her, you know. Whitney and I make the joke whenever one of us is sick that if we were in like a, if we were in like an old movie that we'd be laying in a bed and there'd be like a, a ceramic wash basin to with the, the pitcher. With the pitcher, yep. And then somebody would have a white rag. You had to pour it, <clears throat> dip the rag, and, and wring it out. Yeah. And then it's the joke that one of us would be going, huh, huh, and like moving our head to the right and left. And then we'd be wringing out the towel and putting it on their forehead. Like that's our running joke. And then we'd be like, shh, rest. <laughs> Save your energy. It was always Somebody the old... has to harvest the corn, though. It's always the old-timey movies with the basin and the washcloth and the slow ring with the s- ring out with, like, the sound of the water, you know, like, <laughs> as they're ringing it out. And then there's, like, <laughs> But that was what that was what she looked like because she had, like, paper towel on her forehead. <laughs> and they're, like, getting nice and they're all standing around her. Yeah. I was that person one time. I did not eat enough. Oh, and I um, didn't real like, I didn't even remember. Like, I remember starting to get sweaty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God. But I don't remember passing out. It's like the only time I passed out in my Damn. life. And all of a sudden, they were standing over me. And they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? What would you eat beforehand? And I was like, not enough. <laughs> and, and then, um, but then afterwards when I was, so they gave me like my little stuff when I was on the way home and I was down the street from our house and I had to grab a random cup in the car and I threw it up. Like, Oh my God. I threw up Powerade and like a bar that they gave like, me. Yeah, yeah. 
And then I felt fine, but I was like, oh, never again. I was like Damn. a fucking clam. I was so sweaty. And <laughs> so, yeah. Lesson learned. Damn. Damn. Clam. So even though everybody sort of anticipated Jill being the one to have the hardest time, she did great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then after totally flipping out to the point of having his vein blowing out, Lego looks directly into the camera and says, this isn't too bad. I recommend everybody do this. I'm convinced. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, yeah, uh, you're really selling it after you just <laughs> freaked the fuck out. Yeah. He's such a, he's such a buffoon. Uh, he does later admit that he was, quote, probably the weakest one of the bunch. Probably. Probably. Um, and then a guy from the Red Cross brings him a teddy bear. <laughs> so he got kind of roasted by the Red Cross guy. That's true. I do have one moment before that, though. Okay. It was when Jill was donating. Um, she Somebody was over her shoulder, like, holding her hand mm-hmm. while she was doing it. So obviously they talked about how nervous she was. But it just seemed... It felt like delivery where usually like the husband or somebody is like behind their head head, like holding (laughs) their hand that's exactly what it was and it was for jill giving blood and then joy was just kind of peeking over like gawking at what was going on it was yeah because they brought her along but she can't donate but so she just got to watch everyone um so it's so during this time they're afterwards they're sitting down and eating like the snacks and stuff and that's when the guy brings lego the teddy bear <laughs> but i just wanted to point out that we already have it and it's a free square so it doesn't fucking matter but there's another cell phone belt clip sighting and to me it's always exciting when you find it on a non-dugger okay and it was just a guy standing in the background oh okay i didn't even look at so them. i was like there's another one so that Man. was a little, that was exciting because usually we only get the square because of Duggers and right. maybe Man, a bait. Man, clip in the wild. Yeah, so. So after they donate, Lego hands over the debit card and the girls head to the grocery store. It's a bit of a struggle and juggle now with just two small freezers, one fridge, and what they call a small pantry, which I get it for them it's small, mm-hmm. but it's a big walk-in pantry. It's a big walk-in, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like when they said small, I was like, oh, it's going to be just like the little door. And I'm like, oh, no, it's a walk-in pantry. <laughs> Yep. So I'd love a pantry that size. <laughs> so I was like, it's not that small. Yep. And it's not even like packed. They act like they can't like get more stuff so much. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, they don't even have it like yeah. packed full. It and was also, it must be refreshing to be able to go shopping without all the littles. Yeah. <laughs> like I put that like as much as they talked about, they were struggling a little bit because they felt like they were kind of out of energy and kind of out of sorts because of the like blood donation. I'm like, think about it. They don't have to wrangle tons of little kids and also try to grocery shop. Like yep. that's kind of got to be nice that like it's a vacation older, for them. Right. Like the older <laughs> girls were able to get away from that, you know, in order to get a vacation, they have to um, give away parts of their body. Of course. They're like, here's some blood. Oh, I'll get a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> no kids while I go grocery shop for the whole family. Yeah. Wow put their feet up (laughs) so we get a pickle square because as they're shopping we see joy doing some heavy lifting as she gets some jumbo jars of pickles into the cart yep another square then um jana pulls a jar of pickled pig's feet off the shelf yep and sort of like disbelief and disgust 
It reminded me of my childhood. <laughs> I've never actually eaten pickled pig's feet, but my mom always jokingly threatened it. Yeah. Like if we, she'd be like, well, if we didn't like to eat something, I would say, like, part of me wants to say, oh, if we ever said we didn't know what to want we to eat, but we never got to fucking choose what we wanted to eat. It was, <laughs> But it's like, if so, if we just didn't want it, she'd be like, well, how about some pickled pig's feet? Yeah. Or I don't know, just like random times. It'd be like, well, I don't know. Or she's like going shopping. I'm going to get some pickled pig's feet. Like that mm-hmm. was always the joke. I don't know why I should ask her like, yep. why was that a thing? <laughs> I'm not sure where she got it from. Yeah. But yeah, so never had it, but heard it a lot growing up. So they show a little montage of Jill dropping things. And she says, I think giving blood this morning has kind of drained us. Literally <laughs> drained us all. Merp. She has got the dropsies. Uh, and so we're kind of like zapped on our energy right now. I think we'll rega- regain it pretty soon. But right now we're just kind of like, what do we need? <laughs> I felt like you got to see a little bit of Dweeby Jill in this. You a know? little bit, yeah. yeah. So, um, Jana says that she can't wait for shopping to be over so she can go home and take a nap. Mm-hmm. Is that allowed? <laughs> like, do you think she really... Well, Grandma's there to take care of the kids, so... But when she gets home, don't you think that there's like, okay, it's your problem again? No, it's time to eat. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, they gotta cook dinner. They gotta cook this food they just bought. Yeah. I was thrilled to see during the checkout scene that they also had several jars. Did you see several jars of Clausen pickles? Oh, did they? Which is my personal pickle <laughs> brand of choice. I, and you know what, you know what I especially, cause so they're really good, really salty, really good brine. We're going to, we're going to talk pickle for a minute. Really good brine. They're a refrigerator pickle, nice and crunchy. But you know what's the really good about them? I like the slabs. Yeah. I like the flat slab cut. Like sandwich cuts? Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, so good. That was always what my mom bought. Like, she didn't really buy spears. Mm-hmm. I love the fucking flat slabs, man. So you're a Clausen fan. You don't care whether it's the tastiest crunch you've ever hoyed. No, I don't. Not, not the taste crunch I ever hoyed. Um, I think it's the... And, and they're not neon, you know? <laughs> they're not like, it just feels fresh. Mm. Okay. And I save all the juice and then I marinate chicken with them and we have pickled chicken. That is true. Delicious. We had pickled chicken at our party. Well, that was our that was our pickle news segment of the week. Our pickle pick? Yep. My pickle pick is Clausen. <laughs> Do you have a pickle pick? Um, It's not a brand that's available anywhere. Here in town, um, there's a brand called Mrs. Klein's, I, and you know, you know whose family owns that, right? We, yeah, you remember yeah, yeah, we okay. talked about that. Um, so Mrs. Klein's used to do a horseradish pickle that I loved that we used to use in our restaurants, and we'd get it in a big like or in like a ten pound bucket. But the cool part was that they got approached by um, Nathan's. And Nathan's was like, hey, we want to sell your product like in our East Market, but you don't have any brand recognition. Are you cool if we slap our label on it? So they're actually sold in the East Coast under Nathan's Horseradish Pickle, but it's made here in Arizona. And you can never find their pickles anymore on the shelves. It's really hard yeah. to find. You used to be able to, but you can't anymore. Because mm-hmm. they, they gear a lot more towards big vendors. like yeah. So you can buy them in the five-gallon bucket type thing. Mm-hmm. Anywho's old pickle news, local pickle news. <laughs> Mrs. Klein's, if you live here in Arizona and see them around. Yeah. Very good. 
and I have connections to the family. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, during checkout, checkout saw the uh, the good pickles. And is it fucking Christmas? Because there are also several bags of beef jerky. <laughs> so that TLC, that season four TLC money, it's f- definitely coming in. It's there, yep. Because jerky is damn expensive. Yes, it is. So I was looking at the pile of bags of jerky, and I'm like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> that TLC money is... Yep. It's a happening. Yep. In a talking head, Baby Cannon says, My older girls have done wonderful... They are adaptable. I think it's been a challenge, but they rise to the challenge. Debatable. We know Michelle Square? I mean, I think so, just because I think the spirit of it is what what we meant with that square, you know? Wait, did we have that one anymore? Yes, we do. Oh, my God. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Because I was thinking it's like she's telling us like they rise to the challenge and like yeah we know they don't have a fucking choice we know michelle (laughs) yeah do they ever have a fucking choice but to rise to whatever fucking challenge you decide is there right we know in other circumstances other families like this could be a sweet moment Mm -hmm. families band together and get shit done in shitty circumstances yeah so you know maybe in other in another universe this would be a time where okay girls are kind of stepping up and doing more simply because the parents are at the hospital a lot with right. Josie. But that's not really the case here. No. They're operating as normal. Michelle just isn't physically at the house as often. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's all that's different. Their jobs and workload is not any different. Mm-hmm. Doesn't appear to be any different. No. She's just not there. Yeah. Grandma's still doing laundry. Yeah, like, I mean, it's all it's fucking status quo here. Like, yeah. So. We know. <laughs> And after healing from her perforated bowel, Josie is now um, having a feeding tube inserted to be able to begin taking in breast milk. Mm -hmm. She's gained more weight and now she's just a little over two pounds. And we get a little ones square. God, I feel so much pressure in these moments. Why? To find the spot. Because I can't find it. (laughs) And I'm like, if I don't find it fast, I'm going to It's because you put the anxiety on yourself. And then Where is it? My God. And then it causes oh, you it to is. frantically search. Okay. Okay. Little ones, because Michelle says, you would think she's very fragile, but the nurses say they are amazingly resilient, these little ones. <laughs> so they're inserting eight inches of tubing, um, like down her throat, mm-hmm. to reach her small intestine. And it's sort of rough to watch. Like not the worst but it's not the easiest you know it's like it's kind of in the middle um her oxygen drops so it's just kind of tough to watch as they have to try multiple times Mm -hmm. to get the tube down and um even i was just on edge watching it and i'm not there i'm not her mother and it's 14 years in the future where i know she's okay (laughs) right right um i just think when she's just so little so everything is just heightened and anxiety inducing and it's like i know she's fine and even i felt myself kind of like holding my breath Mm -hmm. while they were doing it yeah, the nurses were like, when the O2 monitor started going off, the nurses were like, yeah, she's not she's not liking it, yeah. not loving it, you know. Yep. They do immediate x-rays and everything looks good. So they're going to give her a day to rest so like her stomach can kind of recover mm-hmm. from having the tube inserted before yep. they actually start feeding her milk through the tube. 
And that's just kind of how the episode ends. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? No. I will say, this was a a pop and bingo. Yeah, agree. This is the first time in many episodes into last season where we had enough to even make a run across. Potentially, <laughs> like we've, yeah. We've had ones that are just like three. I got one away. What was your missing square? Lego has to parent. Lego has to parent was a missing square for me. I was two away. I also needed Duggar's dine out. Can you believe I'm one away and couldn't fucking pull it through? Couldn't seal the deal there. And I got three more in other spots if they could just be in that spot. You know, it's fine that you ran a good game most of it, but you got to, you know, as a as a younger bingo team, you got to learn how to finish, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thanks for that. And I'm saying that completely in jest because we know that bingo is not a skill based game. Yeah, we know because there's it doesn't make sense that you won all that I dominated. I mean, that that if I had to do a skill, it wouldn't make sense. (laughs) Salty pickle. Well, you said you were like a clam earlier, so I was gonna say you're salty. Yep, (laughs) I like clam. I'm making clam chowder. Love clams, making clam chowder. I was supposed to make it today, now I don't have time, so tomorrow I'm making clam chowder. Clams casino over here. Mm, Love them so. Real quick on a clam casino. We've talked about pickles. What about clams now? Who cares? So, Whitney loves clams casino. Oh, are you gonna tell the pizza? Haven't you told this story? I don't know. I think you have. If I haven't, I'll give you the I'll give you the short version. The uh, I put a pizza on our old menu in honor of Whitney because I told her that I would try to get uh, clams casino on the menu for years and i could never like fit it in there it just didn't work with our style um so i decided to do a a white a white clam pizza that had all the components of clams casino so it was like roasted red pepper bacon um like grilled onions stuff like that so we had uh, we had a, a pizza that we called the casino royale that was for that was my ode to whitney that i never got to have yep but, I never got to have it. Well, that was our clam corner for yeah. the for the episode. So what did I? Oh, we had our pickle picks and our clam corner. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, uh, interesting topics. But we were that's talking it about for food the episode. Yeah. That's it for the episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now that a day has passed and I've had some time to, you know, marinate on it, I'm trying to figure out why that episode was called Duggar's Dig In. Usually the episode name has something to do with what they're doing. They donated blood and then they went to the fucking grocery store. Yeah. Why was that the name? I have no... that. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, okay, they're slowly adapting to living in the smaller house maybe very poor uh name choice oh yeah 100 percent. see where their budget isn't going towards uh towards creative yeah. name <laughs> yeah, exactly like it was a it was a blood donation episode they could have done something about donating like oh, yeah. if they want to stick Duggers to the donate yeah like what what, what was wrong? dugger daughters donate <laughs> there you go yeah yeah 
Should we write a letter? Yeah, I'm just... Can you just go back and make this one change? <laughs> Recall the DVDs. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to start off by first explaining what my intention was with this dig versus where it ended up. <laughs> so inspired by today's trip to the Red Cross for blood donation, or digging in, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. I wanted to discuss the beliefs behind various denominations regarding blood donation and transfusions. Going in, I knew that would include Jehovah's Witness because I, I think their stance on blood is arguably one of their more well-known beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I knew that would be part of the conversation. And I knew that most denominations were good with it, like donation. Mm-hmm. But I guess I kind of thought maybe I would come across something unexpected or maybe it's allowed, but you need to do ABC first. Right. Or you need to call your elders before proceeding. <laughs> you know, or, I don't know. Not sure exactly what I thought I'd find, but I just thought I'd find something. Mm. And I didn't. Like, I just, I didn't really. Across the board, it's pretty widely accepted and viewed as an act of love. And I could have discussed the Christian science beliefs, but theirs is more about, like, health care, like, health intervention, like, mm-hmm. medicine intervention, like, as a whole, rather than just having specific beliefs about blood. So okay. possibly a different topic for another time. Right. So after searching, it, it all pretty much just boiled down to witnesses. So that became today's main topic. So today we'll be digging into the Jehovah's Witness blood policy. The main sources for today is the current Jehovah's Witness website, jw.org. Mm. And I also heavily utilized AJWRB. I'm going to be saying that a lot. So okay. It's going to be, I, I think I'm going to struggle with saying that all over and over. Um, <laughs> AJWRB.org, which stands for Advocates for Jehovah's Witness Reform on Blood. Okay. So I will get into more about this website and its inception later. But this website was really helpful as it laid out the timeline of basically everything noteworthy regarding blood mm-hmm. put out by the Watchtower over the years. And in simple terms, the Watchtower is who puts out all the Jehovah's Witness literature Mm -hmm. and things like that coming from their legal organization, which is the Watchtower Society. So you know the people as Jehovah's Witnesses or Witnesses, but the actual organization is the Watchtower Society. Mm -hmm. AJWRB beautifully laid out this timeline, and it is meticulously cited, complete with the literature it came from, the date, and the page number. Which you probably respect hardcore. I do. Um, And at times they even provide photos and scanned uploads of the exact documents they're referencing. But JW.org does have an online watchtower library. So I actually went to, like, when I started this dig, they were the first place I went to. I'm like, I'm going to go direct to the source. To the source, yeah. But it wasn't the easiest to navigate that library as far as using, like, a keyword search type of way. Mm. Like... Because it's it, probably not scanned in word for word. It's not it's brought just... up in the way, like, it, it would bring things up and you're like, whoa, where do I even, mm-hmm. like, go with this? Like, it, it's not meant for that type of thing. Right. But because of that impeccable citing by the AJWRB, I they were able to, like, give me all that information I needed by citing that. Mm-hmm. And then I could go to JW.org and find the exact document that right. they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So they would say it and then I would go look it up. And then I was like, oh, yep, here it is right here. Like they gave like the basic rundown. Mm-hmm. They would be like, this happened here. But then I'd yeah. be like, let me go read the full context, yeah, the text of, it, yeah. of it. 
So I was guided by the one site, but then ultimately I pretty much verified all of it on JW.org itself. Mm -hmm. Like I already assumed the other website was very reputable because when you give Mm -hmm. that good of citations like you're like i got nothing to fucking hide you oh know? of course yeah but, so at first i just went over to jw.org thinking i'm just going to verify a few mm. things and know that i can but then i couldn't fucking help myself and then i ended up looking up <laughs> probably 95 percent 95 percent of everything because i wanted to read more of like the right context and pull quotes and so it feels it feels like your your own your own like inquisitive nature kind of got the best of you because then you dug even harder yeah, because I'm like, oh, look at this great resource. Just use this as your source. Right. And I was like, well, let's just go a little bit more. Yeah. And then three days later, <laughs> here I am. So I, I feel really confident, though, in being able to be like, look, if you have a question, I you can pretty much find it exactly on their website. Correct. So yeah. This isn't just some sort of... From the source. Yeah, this is from them, yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So. Um, so anyways, the religion began back in 1870. It was a different name back then and it became jehovah's witnesses in 1931 Mm -hmm. but we're not going to get into all that in the general history history today we're just going to focus on blood get down to the blood so they get going in 1870 but it's not until july 1st 1945 that the watchtower published that blood transfusions are officially prohibited and considered pagan and god dishonoring this policy is due to their interpretations of various passages in the bible Mm-hmm. Now, normally I don't get super Bible quotey in my yeah. digs because my my eyes glaze over. Like it's just not my language. It's not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not part of that book club. Like you know, it's just not yeah. not my thing. Um, and I I had a hard time with Ginger's book for this very reason because I was like, mm-hmm. oh God, not another one. You know. <laughs> but in this case, I feel like there are some that are important to share. Just kind of give you the idea. Okay. So the first is. Genesis 9, 3 through 4. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. And even as the green herb have I given you all things, but flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood of their, is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. And for the record, when looking up these Bible passages, I tried to be accurate to the time. Mm-hmm. So Jehovah's Witnesses' own translation of the Bible didn't come out until 1950. Okay. So since this was 1945... I wanted to reference what they were using back then, and that at that point, they were mainly using the King James Version. Okay. I'm sure we can ex- expect Taylor's version sometime this year. <laughs> there it is. Anyhoozle. So, that Genesis passage is one, and then there's also Leviticus Leviticus, um, 17, 13 through 14, but I'm, I'm cutting it down a little bit for time's sake and okay. eyes glazing over sake. <laughs> Which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten... He shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust, for it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not, ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Okay. I hate reading the Bible. <laughs> like, I fucking. I if you if you enjoy it, by all means. But it is just. I can't read things that sound like that. Like, I just can't. Like, I just sit there and go, oh, ye, blah, 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 blah. Like, I remember, like, sitting um, in ham- family home evenings when my dad would call on me, and I would just, like, I remember him getting so mad at me one time. We were probably reading the Book of Mormon. Um, 
and I just like as a joke, I kept saying "verily, verily unto thee" or like whatever, and I like as a joke over and over. And he was like, "Stop it!" But it was just me making fun of like the verbiage because I was just like, "Oh God!" Like it just drove me crazy. Yeah. Like as a little kid. (laughs) So you're not able to read a whole lot of Shakespeare then either, right? No, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's it's yeah. It's anything that I'm reading where like I can hardly focus on the words because I'm so (laughs) like caught up on like. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's a different way of like like formulating sentences that I don't think drives with you, you know. And there's other stuff like how people talk about how like the way Jane Austen writes are like it's like funnily poetic in a way because it's mm-hmm. like all these big words to be like he looks like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, That's whatever. true. And I'm like so I can take it but when it's more even like words that like not this. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. This yeah. just It's just not your thing. My eyes glaze over. Yeah. Um, and finally, Acts fifteen twenty. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, and from the meat of strangled animals and from blood. So there's more, but that's just a few just to kind of okay. give you an idea. And you're still with me, right? Yep. Okay. Verily. <laughs> verily, verily, I say, and he was like, stop it. Like, I just like <laughs> randomly would insert it. And he was like, don't do that. Like, he was like, you're being disrespectful. This is the man that rage ironed his shirt, if you remember. (laughs) Verily, verily, I say unto thee, he is so mad at me. So mad. Yeah, he was. And it's like how I would sometimes sing church songs and I'd be like, like in a funny voice. And he'd be like, stop it. I pissed him off, man. Uh, You knew how to push those buttons. (laughs) So their interpretation of these passages and more that I didn't give is that they've been directed not to eat blood, and they believe a blood transfusion to be the equivalent of eating blood. Of eating blood, okay. So to illustrate this point, in July 1951, they talked of how some hospital patients may be fed intravenously. Like little baby. Oh, yeah. Um, And that is specifically called intravenous feeding. Okay. So their argument is that by the hospital's own terminology of recognizing putting something into someone's vein as feeding mm-hmm. a blood transfusion is, is feeding the patient blood through the veins. Okay. In a June 1969 article, they wrote a sort of response to those who disagree with this and don't believe that you can equate a blood transfusion to blood. I am those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, by offering up this analogy, saying, quote, if a doctor were to tell you to abstain from alcohol, would that mean simply that you should not take it through your mouth by that, but that you could transfuse it directly into your veins? Of course not. So, too, abstaining from blood means by, means not taking it into our bodies at all. Hmm. Which a couple things. You can't even begin to equate alcohol to blood because... You need one to live. One- <laughs> exactly. Like, it's not... this. That's not... No. That's a poor analogy to start yeah. with. But this made me think of um, Barney from The Simpsons when he wins. Injected like, yeah, when veins. he wins all the duff beard, he's all, put it in my veins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So. Well, when you talked about equating, um, injecting something into veins as feeding, I thought of SNL when they had Guy Fieri on Weekend Update and he has his readers on the back of his head and they're reading his the review of his restaurant in Times Square. 
and he takes off his sunglasses and pulls his readers from around the back and puts them on his head, on his face you need and that. then goes, reading, that's how the eyes eat. eat. <laughs> it's the feeding of any organ, you know. Eyes eat with words and, you know. That's how the eyes eat. Eat. <laughs> he hits that T so hard. So Tim says that a lot now. He'll be like, that's how the eyes that's eat. That's how the eyes eat. So because of this mindset that a transfusion is no different than eating blood, several times over the years, it's been equated to cannibalism. Hmm. A noteworthy quote came from a July 1st, 1966 watchtower saying, quote, are you one to whom disobeying God's law is repulsive? Then the taking of blood is just as despicable to you as cannibalism. Think of eating the flesh of another human creature. It is shocking. Is drinking human blood any different? Does bypassing the mouth and putting it directly into the veins change it? Not at all! Exclamation point. Verily. Verily, verily. I say unto thee. <laughs> and also, just so we're clear, this includes your own blood. So you're not allowed That's to really... bank your own blood in preparation for later use. Like if you knew you had an upcoming wow. something going on. Um, because they say that Going back to that scripture of saying that blood is to be poured out. And not put back in. Yeah. So, if so like dialysis is a no-go either. Then, right? Yeah. Wow. All right. Future Tim and Whitney here. About 14 hours or so into the future of this recording. And Mildred. And Mildred. She, made sh- she shows up for every recording. Um, so here's the thing. After we got done with this episode, Tim had just asked me, about dialysis oh so that mm. would be allowed and i was like no no and then i was like god after we got done i was like doing shit around the house i'm like i need to i should probably look that up turns out it is allowed which is wild <laughs> with everything with so, all of the other stuff so normally in editing i would be like oh just let's just go cut that part out and i'm like you know yeah. what let's add a blurb because i just feel like it adds to the factor of like Oh, you, you just don't know. And like, I, I went directly off their website and it was right there on their website in their little list of do's and don'ts and blah, 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 blah. And it's funny because at one part in a little like Q&A where someone was asking, they literally wrote, of course. And I'm like, what do you <laughs> what mean, do you of, mean course? of course? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what do you mean? No. So no, I honestly could not have guessed that dialysis would have been okay. Well, and you know how I said that? That was like the one thing I did, that I kind of mentioned that I don't kind of go into deeper mm-hmm. on like the flip-flops and backs and like a timeline. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, you know what? I should really look into it. And I felt confident <laughs> being like, no, it's not allowed. I think there was like one thing. Oh, well, no, that's, yeah, that's one of the things that they're like, well, it's for like a small amount of time. <laughs> so, uh, of course, oh. as they say, of course. Who would have guessed? Yeah, so um, I wanted to make sure I was uh, giving accurate informa- information so there's my little addendum now back to our regular programming who would have guessed so if you thought that was a workaround no dice Damn. although ugh, i'm gonna have a whole section later on when they flip-flop on things there is a part later on in years later where there's like one instance of like semi taking your blood back in but and that they justified because of how short it is Okay. (laughs) But to be, as you'll see, I I go into depth on a lot of things. That's like one of the few things that I scratched off. 
think the five second rule, okay? Like you only got a little bit of time. <laughs> but so to be honest, that's one of the only things I didn't really dive into that I mentioned here that I don't kind of hit again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's like, it's weird. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. Um, and now here's just some other things they've said about blood transfusions that I just found particularly interesting and wanted to share. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of random rapid fire. But um, over the years, of course, they've used whatever they can to sort of reinforce this stance. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, the AIDS epidemic was a big one for them. Oh, yeah. Where it was very much like a C, you know, type situation. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, they had some very interesting things that they peddled. Oh, gosh. January 15th, 15th 1961, they published that traits and characteristics can be passed on via blood. Oh. And they quote two doctors for this argument. The first being Dr. Alonzo J. Shadman, who said, quote, The blood in any person is in reality the person himself. It contains all the peculiarities of the individual from when hence it comes. This includes hereditary taints. I can't hear the word taint without giggling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> hereditary taints. <laughs> um, di- disease susceptibilities. Poisons due to personal living eating and drinking habits, the poisons that produce the impulse to commit suicide, murder, or steal are in the blood. Wow. That is a stretch. It is something, right? That's like a kitty cat stretch. It's real deep, you know. (laughs) Ooh, big stretch. Big stretch. And also they quoted Dr. Americo Valerio as Mildred stretches right now. As soon as we said that, is she- On cue. She was laying down and she like stood, she did like the cat stretch where they like stretch their head straight up. That was, man, kid, good job. See, she is a good producer. She is. Where was I? Okay, Dr. Americo Valerio, who said, quote, moral insanity, sexual perversions, repression, inferiority complexes, petty crimes, these often follow in the wake of blood transfusion. Petty crimes. In 1969, they shared a story of a man who stated, quote, When I recovered, I, find, I found I had a terrible desire to steal. So that was after his transfusion. Wow. It's all in the blood. Like, I'd be like, oh, man, I want to vandalize now. You know what I mean? Well, it's just funny that we always say, like, oh, it's in the blood. But I'm like, no, for them, it's like, oh, it's in the blood. Like, <laughs> It really is. Yeah. But then he also talks about, like, little characteristics. Like, I would get a transfusion and go, oh, no, I caught freckles. You know what I mean? Like, that's how that feels. Um, In 1964, the blood policy even extends to pets. So if they hadn't already lost me, which they had, um, this would be a deal breaker for me. Because I'll be damned if I don't do everything for my Momo and my Mildred. That's true. They were even encouraged to write to dog food manufacturers to verify that their products were blood free if they felt concerned about it. Okay. I'm not even getting into like blood and food. Like I'm really just take like mm-hmm. talking transfusion. This could go so many directions. Oh yeah. It's fascinating. Can I interject with the random food thing? Yeah. The the way that people eat steak or anything that has a temperature is a big deal in the industry. Because I think a lot of industry people have opinions of what the correct way to eat something is. But that's not what I'm here to debate. I know people that I've worked for that only eat like well done beef 
And the reason why they don't like it is because they're like, well, there's, well, like when there's color, they're like, well, it's all bloody. That's not the way that muscles work. Yeah, it's not actually blood. That's there. There's no blood in there. Um, but I'm sorry if I see a medium well steak, I'm not looking at it going, oh my god, it's so bloody. But that's how I've had some employees that that do. So I just I don't know. It was something I thought of. It's a muscle. You're not serving veins full of blood. Like yeah, it's yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. And I forget the actual like full composition, but it's water and something else that turns red when it's right. Like yeah, myoglobin. Yeah, myoglobin um, pushes oxygen to the muscle fibers. Yeah. So like darker meat has more myoglobin in it. Venison, which is super dark, has a lot more myoglobin than like certain cuts of beef. Yep. Well, there you go. Little little lesson. There's your little food fact for the day. So we oh. We talked pickles, we talked clams, we're talking steak. We got a whole fucking meal. We had your appetizer, we'll say it's fried pickles. <laughs> and and clams casino. Mm-hmm. For like your second course, your fish course. Yep. And then now you're having steak. Yep. There you go. I hope we get to dessert. <laughs> um God, do I have anything I can push that direction on? How do we'll they see. feel on caramel transfusions? <laughs> so to talk going back to how I'd fucking do anything for my babies. <laughs> Even if they're feline, this segues perfectly into the next thing I wanted to discuss. Okay. April 15th, 1970, they said, quote, But suppose one's wife or child were near death. Giving blood, no matter who the loved one might be, would still constitute a violation of God's law. Just because one is near death, this does not give one liberty to break God's commands. When one is near death, it is no time to tamper with or violate the law of God but a time to draw as near as possible to God by remaining faithful. Everlasting life is the re- reward for faithfulness. How foolish it would be to gamble away the prospect of life eternal for the very uncertain promise of a cure by blood transfusion. That's a rough one. Like that's a, that's a hard call to make in that moment. You know what I mean? Like I understand that like faith is kind of what, you know, they're basing a lot of these things off of, but like you're watching somebody that you care about die. Well, and that's why this whole thing is so complex mm-hmm. is yeah. because there's the ones that do struggle with it, but still do go, go through with it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones that are so unbending to it that it like can come off very cold. It's like, you don't even care that they're like suffering or there might be another thing you can do. Yeah. Like it's complex on both sides. So um, in 1977, they they had a brochure that they published called Jehovah's Witness and the Question of Blood. And there's a section about respecting parental responsibility. And it's basically, as it sounds, it's talking about how a child's care is the parent's decision. And that includes religious-based um, health care decisions. Mm-hmm. I found um, these particular lines to be interesting. Okay. Again, with interesting not being... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh sometimes when i say something's interesting i really do mean it's interesting and then other yeah. times i'm like it's interesting you're trying to be diplomatic <laughs> yeah by the way this is the worst harry potter spinoff uh jehovah's witness and the what was the name of it jehovah's witness and the and the question of blood and the question of blood the worst <laughs> harry potter spinoff it does sound like a harry arguably <laughs> that's i didn't that's funny it does sound like that <laughs> that's hilarious so here's one of their interesting quotes. <laughs> Quote, 
Parents who are Jehovah's Witnesses should show great love for their children as well as their God by using the Bible to aid their children to become moral persons. Thus, when these children are old enough to know what the Bible says about blood, they themselves support their parents' decision to abstain from blood. So it's very like, well, they'll agree someday too. So it's it's fine yeah. to decide for them now. Yeah. Isn't that what... The, like, it's relinquishing guilt, if anything. If someday they'll understand. They'll, they'll agree with it someday. They'll be, yeah. they'll be down. They'll be, they'll be on board when they're an adult and they get it. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. So this leads me to this next part. One of their publications was called Awake. It's very IBLP character first style because it has a, an exclamation point. Mm -hmm. So it's Awake. The May 22nd. 1994 edition was titled Youths Who Put God First, and a good chunk of the issue detailed the stories of five youth who died as a result of the blood policy. Yeah. A quote from the magazine said this, In former times, thousands of youths died for putting God first. They're still doing it, only today the drama is played out in hospitals and courtrooms with blood transfusions at issue. Hmm. Giving you a brief rundown of the stories they all pretty much center around various courts and ethics committees ruling the children as mature minors so then requests for court ordered transfusions could be denied wow so it's like it comes into question of like when kids are between 12 and 17 mm -hmm. when when can the courts intervene when do the parents completely make the decision right and when can they be re regarded as being able to make the decision themselves. Damn. So 12-year-old Lisa Kosak died in Canada after refusing a transfusion. Um, and this is what she threatened. Quote, she would fight and kick the IV pole down and rip out the IV no matter how much it would hurt and poke holes in the blood. Jeez. 15-year-old Adrian Yeats, also from Canada, died and signed an affidavit stating, quote, the way that I feel is that if I'm given any blood, that will that will be like raping me, molesting my body. I don't want my body if that happens. I can't live with that. I don't want any treatment if blood is going to be used, even a possibility of it. I'll resist use of blood. He also stated that he, quote, felt that his biblical hope of eternal life would be threatened by accepting a blood transfusion. Damn. So those are just a few specifics I wanted to share, but that's the... The gist of kind of all of these stories. Yeah. Um, this could take us down a whole, <laughs> a whole other road that would deserve to be its own topic, honestly, because it's basically that witness adults at the time were generally left to their own decisions. Mm -hmm. But it gets super dicey, as you can imagine, with children. With, the under with minors, yeah. Because when can the hospital and state step in? When does it infringe upon rights? Different places come to different rulings mm -hmm. everywhere. It gets really complicated. Yeah. Because it involves both individual and parental rights and also religious freedom. Yeah. So it gets all kinds of complicated on so many levels. It brings yep. in medical ethics. Mm hmm Like I said, religious. It just, it's so complicated that nothing is like cut and dry. Yep. And that's why there's so many lawsuits related to Jehovah's Witnesses. And mm -hmm. blood transfusions and other like medical things, it's it became the basis for so many things being put in place mm -hmm. because it every time something come up, everybody would be like, "What? The, how the fuck do we handle this?" Yeah. So yeah. another topic for real, but um, 
I, I read th- in detail some of the lawsuits and it is fascinating. Really? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and just for added perspective, a June 15th, 1991 Watchtower article goes into detail about preparing for these kinds of circumstances with your children, instructing parents to, quote, review these matters with their children and to, quote, hold practice sessions in which youth face questions that might be posed by a judge or a hospital official. Wow. So it's very ingrained in them to be ready for these kinds of scenarios and parrot what they've been taught to say. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to read comments about this particular awake article feature. Mm -hmm. I saw many people commenting that at the time that it came out, they were like full believers. They believed in the blood policy in its entirety but they recounted how even back then they remember feeling really off about the whole article Hmm. like praising the deaths of children essentially even if for some perceived moral high-standing reasoning that they all believed in Mm -hmm. they were like i still remember being like this just it doesn't feel right doesn't feel right and yeah so just it even struck many believing witnesses as being like this is not okay Mm -hmm. like and I I read the I read that art, but it's just is it icky? Yes, it feels icky. The it's, look on your face makes it feel like you'd. I kept it really streamlined for this, but I was just like, oh man, like it was, mm-hmm. it bothered me. Okay, which moves me on to the next topic, which is the creation of hospital liaison committees. These committees were started in 1980 and serve as advocates and go-betweens for witness patients. So this is from their current pdf describing the program Um, some of the services they offer include providing clinical papers and information from peer-reviewed and respected medical journals on clinical strategies for managing patients without allergenic blood transfusion Um, they facilitate physician to physician consultations with specialists so when the doctor is currently treating They'll be, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, well, talk to this doctor. They know yeah. what they're dealing with. Basically, it's that they, they've they networked and they, they stand up for the patient. They're the liaison between the two, but then they also contact doctors who are what they call, quote, sympathetic to their beliefs. So doctors that agree with them. Yeah. Not or all, not like... are more well-versed in it. Yeah. And not all of them completely agree necessarily, but it's people who understand it. Okay. And Understand. know the know some other avenues that they could try or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they also make presentations that they present to physicians, ethicists, residents, and other hospital and legal professionals. Okay. And they clarify ethical issues for witness patients or clinicians related to the medical care. So those liaison people would have assisted in cases like the ones mentioned above with the children, for example. And they're just at the ready for any witness patient as needed 24-7. Okay. Like, you call up the local committee and the and when, when just in general from what I was reading, they're like, basically, the second a anybody in the congregation finds out that a witness has, like, been in the, an accident or at the hospital, they're like, they flood the hospital wow. and show up. Just even congregation members, even before... Mm-hmm. necessarily the committee because they show up and instantly start advocating they're like i was reading stories where like they stand outside the room like oh my ready God. to tell the doctors no they can't take blood like mm-hmm. like everybody kind of shows up to wow to do this 
I just imagine like a Commissioner Gordon style like phone that has a the Watchtower logo on it. You know, <laughs> right? I think th- I mean seems pretty accurate. <laughs> so I wanted to start with all that to give you a feel for the Blood Doctrine as a whole. And now I want to switch over to what I referenced earlier, which is the Advocates for Jehovah's Witness Reform on Blood, which means telling you the story of Lee Elder. Lee was raised as a Jehovah's Witness and was baptized at the age of nine. And then by the age of 14, he stopped attending public school to begin part-time pioneering. Within a year, he moved up the ranks to full-time pioneer. Okay. So he went from a regular pioneer to a special pioneer. No. So this is just like every member of the congregation is expected to go out doing the door-to-door, which probably many people who are listening have experienced them showing up to your house at some point or another. Mm -hmm. That's an expectation of like everyone. Mm -hmm. And then pioneers is when it's like step up from that, Mm -hmm. devoting more time. Um, And then missionaries is when you're like sent over like foreign or whatever, but... Mm -hmm just kind of give you some background information so shortly after a 15 year old girl at his church named candy was diagnosed with leukemia of course she followed the blood doctrine and refused transfusion candy knew that death was imminent and she asked lee to be a pallbearer lee was just 16 when candy passed and he helped carry her coffin out of the kingdom hall this stuck with him as his own grandmother had died of leukemia Years prior, also after refusing treatments involving blood. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to 1996. Lee had then been an elder for nine years at that point. So he was really in it. He was in it, yeah. Yeah. But he started to feel compelled to research the blood doctrine on his own because this has just been sticking with him all these years. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, This extensive research convinced me that the blood policy was seriously flawed and had resulted in needless premature death and disability for thousands of Jehovah's Witnesses, many of them children like my friend Candy. Mm -hmm. So this spurred him to begin the cause of reforming the policy. Okay. On February, February 23rd, 1997, the website New Light on Blood went live. He began posting under the pseudonym Liberal Elder, which he later shortened to Lee Elder. So I didn't want to spoil it earlier by being like, that's not his real name. Right. Wow. But yeah, so he say he said, quote, if I had used my real name, I'd have been coerced by the elders acting under the direction of the Watchtower's policies to desist from this kind of activity. 100%. If I had refused to desist, I'd have been disfellowshipped and shunned. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm a fan of liberal elder myself. <laughs> I wish he'd kept it. I wish he'd kept it that way. Yeah. <laughs> But wow. I just, anytime you have to be anonymous in something, speaks volumes. Yeah. Like. Because you believe something that is not of the mainstream. Yeah. And you don't want, you still want to impact change without gaining retribution yet, you know? Yeah. Other witnesses, um, including elders and hospital liaison committee members, saw the website and wanted to join in on a call for reform. Wow. So it's especially interesting when people who are part of the liaison committees are like yeah i that goes to show that as they were doing this work they were having doubts a hundred percent so they were sitting there being the go-between and then even they were like i don't know yeah 
So yeah. I just think that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So they banded together and formed the Advocates for Jehovah's Witness Reform on Blood in June of 1997. Lee Elder said, quote, The Watchtower had never seen the likes of this before. It was a movement within the organization mm-hmm. to reform the blood policy, spearheaded by elders and hospital liaison committee members who were eyewitnesses to the suffering and death of their fellow believers. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to cry this one, but that one got me. Yeah. Um, I cried reading stories and stuff like that. Of course. I didn't expect to choke up at all, but it's like, yeah. yeah. Eyewitnesses to the suffering and death of their fellow believers. And I think there's a, I think there's a chunk of, probably a chunk of people that are, that push that doc- doctrine from the beginning that hadn't seen that or hadn't had to look in the face of anybody. You know what I mean? And these people are, the for the lack of a, you know, for the lack of a better term, in the trenches with it. Mm-hmm. They're like, I have to see this on a regular pace, basis. Yeah. It's a lot easier to make doctrine when you don't have to see the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just turn it into wonderful stories. And I'm saying wonderful in quotes. Wonderful yeah. stories about children dying for their beliefs. Like, yeah. oh, it's all great. It's all fine and dandy when you'd be Until far it's your rem- kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, man. Oh, this is all getting me for stuff I want to share that's not in here today. But, oh. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to, real quick. One of the guys that was like a big part of this website, mm-hmm. he he was a twofold situation. He was a ho- hospital liaison um, person and an elder, and his child died of like mm. non-Hodgkin's like lymphoma, lymphoma. Or, and he denied care for his child. So he yes. was like, I saw both sides mm-hmm. having personal, and he like reading his like his account of it. He was like, I write this in complete complete shame. Mm-hmm. like it was like heartbreaking to read he's like this yeah. is so difficult for me to write now mm-hmm. so it's like those are the things that are fucking heartbreaking oh, and yeah. like the guilt that some of these people carry for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. so yeah um whew, now see i wasn't gonna share the story so that's why i wasn't gonna get to that point but um yeah so that's why this is so interesting because it is including these people yeah so where I left off in his quote was, um, who were eyewitnesses to the suffering and death of their fellow believers. We were an organized group with the voice that the watchtower could not simply silence by excommunicating us. By 1998, the movement was starting to gain momentum. Um, not because of the watchtower society. Yeah, right. They had actually gone to them and been like, we want to work with you. Like, mm, let's... We need your help. These were actually, these were legit member believers who really just wanted reform on this one policy <laughs> yeah the they say, i was just gonna say that like they still are members of this religious group like it's not like they're saying the whole burn the whole thing down i, I mean many of them got there you know <laughs> got but, there, like, yeah. but th- it really truly started as like mm-hmm. we just find this to be yeah wrong yeah. Let, let's work this out let's mm-hmm. let's see some change but Watchtower Society was like, nah, they didn't want to meet with them. But um, so the reason it was gaining momentum was rather because of medical support. Mm -hmm. Medical journals began to take notice of the website. And the ethical controversy surrounding the blood doctrine grew. The AJWRB also began working closely with Dr. Osamu Morimoto, who was instrumental in bringing it to the attention of the medical community in a much bigger way 
Mm -hmm. Dr. Muramoto worked with them to write articles that were published in the Journal of Medical Ethics, okay. the Western Journal of Medicine, and the British Medical Journal, which really brought the conversation and awareness just to like a, a whole new level. Right. Because those journals are huge. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like Lee Elder and Dr. Morimoto, they also worked together and attended and presented at medical exhibits and conferences. Damn. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now I want to discuss some of the inconsistencies and changes that have occurred with the blood doctrine over the years. Some of the things that liberal elder discovered in his research, but also beyond that, as you will notice, some dates are after he started the AJWRB. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be too confusing to have it all in one timeline. So I'm going to go through a timeline by each individual topic lumped all together. It would be, Hard to remember where you last left off yeah. with it when you bring it up again because you've talked about like three other things and mm -hmm. years in between. Yeah. So by breaking them up individually, I think you can get like a better picture. So let's just start with the topic of blood donation itself. In a July 1925 publication called The Golden Age, they commend a man who donates blood 45 times without payment. Okay. Then again, on December 25th, 1940, their publication called Consolation featured a story about a The story is interesting, so I'm including the story. Okay. Um, a story about a woman who had a boarding house and she was moving a boarder's things when she accidentally shot herself through the heart with his gun. Oh. She was rushed to a hospital. Um, her left breast was cut around and four ribs were cut away. Holy shit. Her heart was lifted out. Three... You know, they gave her like stitches and then one of the physicians in the emergency gave a quart of his own blood of transfusion and she lived oh damn so as of 1925 all the way up to 1940 there's clear evidence that blood donation was viewed as a positive and commendable act mm -hmm. so it's interesting to think that just five years later after telling this transfusion story right it would be completely banned Damn. So now let's switch timeline um, to the subject of blood fractions, which is simply the components that make up whole blood. Mm. So I wasn't ready for math, so I'm I'm happy that that's what it is. You're like God fractions, like, Jesus. You're like, what's next? Decimals? I know. the The decimals of blood. The next timeline. I'm like, now we're gonna talk about the decimals of blood. The Dewey decimals. <laughs> So on January 8th, 1954, they get more specific with their blood ban by publishing, quote, We are told that it takes one and a third pints of whole blood to get enough of the blood protein or fraction known as gamma globulin for one injection. It's being made of whole blood places it in the same category as blood transfusions as far as Jehovah's prohibition of taking blood into the system is concerned. Then four years later, on September 15th, 1958, 
in a questions from readers section, a person very specifically asked if using blood fractions such as gamma globulin, mm-hmm. which they had just addressed yeah. four years earlier. Um, so can things like gamma globulin for be used for the purpose of building up resistance to disease by means of antibodies? They asked, is, is it considered the same as drinking blood or the taking of blood? Now their answer is no. It does not seem necessarily that we put the two in the same category, hmm. although we have done so in times past. Okay. And then they also say it's a matter of personal judgment. And verbiage, you'll see whether I use the exact verbiage or right here, what they tend to say over and over again, it's up to like a personal conscience of a personal blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. So it's like, where in four years did that change? Were you going to tell anybody? Yeah. It comes up in like a Q&A essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so funny that it's the exact even fraction like mm. is anyways damn but it didn't last long 5 years later on february 15th 1963 watchtower reversed the stance all parts of blood are back to being a no go man ready for this they completely changed their stance yet again just a mere 20 months 21 months later in the november 15th 1964 issue saying quote We leave it up to the conscience of the individual, like I was saying, to determine whether to submit to inoculation with the serum containing blood fractions for the purpose of building up antibodies to fight against disease. Wow. If a person did this, he may derive comfort under the circumstances from the fact that he is not directly eating blood, which is expressly forbidden in God's word. It is not used for food or to replace lost blood. So suddenly it's fine again. It's so wild. This makes the fourth complete reversal in the span of seven years. It makes you feel like is there like is there groups that are within this like religion that are like fighting back and forth? You know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. caused was it a group of people that were like, yeah, it should be fine. And then another group that was like, no, it's not. And then they're just going back and forth because that's a lot of oscillating in it's, a short amount of time. It's so much in a short amount of time. And I think what really struck me was sometimes just how fucking casual it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sp- giving every word of it, but I like, I'm reading these things and going like, they're just like, oh no, no, you don't need to put them in the same category. I mean, we used to, but like, it not anymore. And then like a, a year or two later, oh yeah, no, no, it's not good. No, 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 yeah. no. Sorry. No. It feels so <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It feels like there's two sides fighting. It's so odd. And then June 1974 brings another change. But at least they went 10 years this time. So <laughs> progress, right? You know, 20 months. Yeah. It's like there. everybody got everybody was in agreement for like 10 years, I guess. So they bring it back to being up to the person and their conscience, although there is an overall tone of discouraging it. Oh, so there's this weird like sometimes where they ride this middle. It's just it's fucking weird. So I'm like, you're you. I'd be very confused as a yeah. follower. You literally need to keep up, keep up with their, they, they like Watchtower puts out like two things a month every mm-hmm. year, like every month. Yeah. There's like two issues every month for you. You would literally have to pour over every word to be able to keep up with 
what, what, what am is I doing? Is it okay or is yeah, it not okay? Like, yeah. Like, you well, literally... my kid got sick at the beginning of June, but your kid got sick at the <laughs> end of June. Yeah, there's a June 1st and a June 15th. Yeah. Everything could be, what you did the 14th may be fine. The 15th, it's not. Right, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Um, And honestly, it's extensive and exhausting to continue to tell you every little flip and flop back and forth. But I wanted to get give you a taste of it by detailing it up to this point. But from here on out, I'm just going to kind of touch on some bigger themes. Mm. Uh, there's a bunch of back and forth on the use of plasma for treating hemophilia, which is a blood clotting disorder. Like three flips back and forth between the mid to late 70s. Jeez. At one point, their reversal comes just four months apart from each other. Ugh. So because it's so close to each other, they kind of keep it on the DL and they wait a full three years before like announcing it as official. Wow. They were like, we don't want to look as bad as we looked before. So it's exhausting. I'll, I'll bring it up if you bring it up. <laughs> right. We'll wait for a Q&A again. Exactly. Like that other one, it was four years. And that's where I was like, were you going to say something? They're like, just wait till it shows up in a Q&A and we'll yeah. dress it again. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll eat that blood when we get there. <laughs> So then in June of 1982, they create a system of distinction with major and minor blood components categories. The majors are not allowed for any kind of treatment. Minors are. Not even going to care to, I don't care to divide it up like right now and tell you it all. It's a waste of energy. We'll get to where, we'll get there later. (laughs) Because things change. Yeah. So now I'm going to skip all the way to the year 2000. Because I, f- I fucking can't with the minutia of it anymore. Like, oh god! Like I read it all, but I'm like, I can't just. I want you guys to understand how much it flips, but I'm like, I cannot. Just keep doing. She it. kept randomly coming to me when she was doing this part of the dig, and she was like, "It's just insane the amount of, the amount of oscillating they do back and forth between each one, and that's not even talking about like the different topics, like just in general, insane." And that's why when it got down to this, I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about every detail of the fractions. I'm mm-hmm. keeping it to like the main things because it changed so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> So one thing I want you to remember. So it's in June 2000 that they make a big announcement saying, quote, when it comes to the fractions of any of the primary components, each Christian, after careful and prayerful meditation, must conscientiously decide for himself. This is not- like a notable time because remember how I said um, Lee Elder or uh, liberal elder really started getting like attention like with the medical mm-hmm. field. Well, this sort of lines up timeline wise to when it was really getting traction. So one could wonder if this newfound attention aided in the change when it had kind of gone untouched for a while. Right. And then four years later in the June 15th, 20- 2004 watchtower they expand on this more by clearly stating that hemoglobin is now allowed which is just interesting because it's a major part of the makeup of the red blood cell which is not allowed Mm -hmm. so it seems a little more major than minor of a major (laughs) so if a red blood cell is a major part of the makeup Mm -hmm. this is a major part of the minor yeah you see what i'm saying yeah um so it's like Almost like if a red blood cell were a cake, you can't eat the cake, 
but the flower's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, that's most of what it is. Yeah, that's like yeah. a big part of the cake. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting. So I'm just going to close this section out with where it stands today, as far as I can tell. So whole blood, absolutely not allowed. Okay. Red blood cells, white cells, plasma, and platelets, not allowed. Okay. But red cell fractions such as hemoglobin, allowed. White cell fractions such as oh, interferons, interleukins. Oh, guys, just I'm saying it Medical wrong. Medical I'm, sure. I'm, I'm saying I'm sure it's um, plasma fractions like, and you won't forget it. Plas- I'm not even going to say it. Um, plasma fractions and also like platelet fractions too. Like, mm-hmm. so I, it just, it's, I don't know. I don't even know where it to go with like, it. It's it just, feels like you're, you're. They're picking like little, little individual idiosyncrasies that without having, I don't know. It just feels kind of aimless in what their decision is. It just doesn't make sense to me because if it was all or nothing before, but then now they're like, oh, with medical uh, advancement, basically, it's only because of medical advancement that Mm -hmm. they can separate these things out, right? Yeah. So I'm like, at the time of these bibles being written they had no idea that transfusions were ever going to be a thing Mm -hmm. and so they've made that argument they were like yes they didn't know that and so um they didn't expect that people were going to be injecting blood into it and we just need to abstain from it but it's like but yeah but they also wouldn't know that there's a way to like separate it out to then make it okay somehow it just i don't (laughs) yeah it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around like the logic behind you can't have this whole thing but you can have parts of it yeah and I saw a thing online where people were comparing it to like the analogy of a stolen car. They were like, so you can't sell the whole stolen car, but you can part it out and sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, pretty funny. It's just, that's okay. Like somehow that's morally okay, but the whole yeah. thing is no. And obviously whoever was in charge of dictating these things and their personal beliefs are what's dictating it as well. And that's why you see so much flip-flop. Like, why is it okay now? And then this not okay. And then that's not okay. And then, it, well, you, you know, and it's on, frustrating. Yeah. And on this topic of bits and pieces being okay and not the others, there's a commonly posed question. If white blood cells are not allowed, why is there no ban on breastfeeding? Hmm. There is tons of white blood cells in breast milk. Mm-hmm. There's actually white blood cells in all milk. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way it comes through, like your utter, like the udders of a cow or something. Yeah, it's utterly full of white blood cells. Merp. That's pretty funny. So, oh, and then on that note, that is way more literally eating blood than blood transfusions. <laughs> if you want to look at, I don't think of it that way. Right. But if we want to use their logic, yeah. that's a whole hell of a lot more eating because it's literally being ingested by mouth. Yeah. And they sat there and said, "There's no difference by mouth than by vein." But like here, we're literally talking about white blood cells entering the body via the Through mouth. Through the mouth, yeah. So, like, where's the logic in that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Why is one okay and not the other? And I saw a lot of, like, countless comments. You could just go on forums every- anywhere. And tons of people have asked this very question to their elders, and they don't have an answer for them. Color me surprised. <laughs> Not red, 
<laughs> not white. <laughs> so now let's touch on the changes regarding what they've said about the consequences of accepting a blood transfusion. Ooh. In the questions from readers section, one of our favorite... Problematic. <laughs> one of our favorite ways that information finally gets uh, put across sometimes. Uh, on January 15th, 1961... A reader asks if a witness receiving a blood transfusion would cause them to be disfellowshipped, which in essence is just kind of like excommunicated or shunned. Mm -hmm. The first sentence of their answer is, the inspired Holy Scriptures answer yes. But and then their answer was kind of long. But there was one part of their answer that really stuck out to me. This is a violation of God's commands to Christians the seriousness of which should not be minimized by any passing over of it lightly as being an optional matter for the conscience of any individual to decide upon. Which, how many times have they said that it's up to the conscience? Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, it's like, it is not up to your conscience. But other times, they're like, it's up to your conscience. Like, my God. You're, honey, you're sending me mixed signals here. It, it is, I don't know. It's fucking wild. Like, and I, I, I don't even think I can... I can't even put into words what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. It's just that like one minute they talk about fractions being up to the conscience and well, it's not really the best, but you, you can kind of decide and then it's an absolute no. And then it's always like, you cannot leave that to your conscience. Like yeah. the and fucking this is like, whiplash is insane. Yeah. And this is coming from a place where we don't, we don't subscribe to these, these beliefs. Can you imagine being a part of this group? And having this be the guidance that you're getting from this like organized religion that you believe in, like we're frustrated and we don't we have no skin in the game. <laughs> I know, right? You know. Um, and also just kind of funny because we've seen literally everything else flip flop all over the place. But when it comes to the consequences of disobeying the blood policy, there isn't any change for thirty nine years. Ah. <laughs> Other stuff it could you know, like ah. four months at some points, you know, it changes, but consequences yeah. they don't budge. So in 2000, which, as a reminder, it's when they started getting a lot of attention due to the works of Lee Elder and Dr. Morimoto. Mm. Um, so just kind of keeping that in mind yet again. So it's that same year in 2000 that the Watchtower Society issued a directive stating that the organization would no longer disfellowship members who did not comply with the blood policy. But here is a part of their official statement to the media Get ready for this one. It's a doozy. Oh, oh man. <laughs> if, a if a baptized member of the faith willfully and without regret accepts blood transfusions, he indicates by his own actions that he no longer wishes to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses. The individual revokes his own membership by his own actions, rather than the congregation initiating this step. This represents a procedural change instituted in April 2000, in which the congregation no longer initiates the action to remove, revoke membership in such cases. However, the end result is the same. The individual is no longer viewed as one of Jehovah's Witnesses because he no longer accepts and follows a core tenet of the faith. So they're like, we don't disfellowship anymore. They disfellowship themselves. themselves. <laughs> Like, their actions tell us. So it's like, we're not doing it. They are. Mm -hmm. We're nice. We're nice. <laughs> we're not shunning them. 
they're like shunning us yeah yeah isn't that like the vibe oh 100 percent. and they but you know how i said everything just being kind of so nonchalant or casual Mm -hmm. in this what really sticks out to me is just so unapologetically saying for three quarters of it like here's the change but then ending it the result however the end result is the same yeah so what the fuck is the point if you're literally in your own words saying the end result is the same you're not a part of us anymore Mm -hmm. but but it takes but the, it's them not us yeah exactly it takes the <laughs> responsibility where it's like we're not doing this to our own parishioners they're doing they're it doing it to, to themselves. themselves yeah it's yeah that's all it is this was a we want to take the heat off of ourselves that's uh, all it was it's crazy um and you know being empathetic of course as they are that's sarcasm <laughs> if i was writing this on the internet it would be a slash s yeah yeah. Um, they do add in that if they're like really sorry, like for reals, for reals, sorry, <laughs> they might let them back in later on down the road. Oh, how magnanimous. So generous oh. of them, you know. Yeah. Someone getting a transfusion to like possibly save their life, all sinful like, but they're still willing to accept them back. Wow. Maybe, just maybe. If they're like really, really fucking if sorry, like really, they yeah. like grovel. Um, but you know, Christian love at its finest. Yeah. Man. Well, the original quote in that said, if they got a transfusion um, with regret. Yeah. And I was like, so what if they got one, but then they like walked around saying that they really regretted it? Does that mean they're cool? <laughs> like they're good to keep going? I, I'm telling you, I could have. That is another one of those things that I could have. <laughs> I could have gone in on. Like, there are so many topics on this that yeah. I did not go deeper on. And I, this is a 14-page dig type. And this was not on Whitney's it was on my, dig it, list. It wasn't even on the list. So I just, she created 17 more just in this one. It's it's something. All right. Um, so now for the final topics I'm going to highlight the changes on. It's going to be regarding witnesses who work in healthcare. So November 15th, 1964, they published that doctors can administer blood transfusions to non-witnesses, saying, quote, Some doctors who are Jehovah's Witnesses have administered blood transfusions to persons of the world upon request. However, they do not do so in the case of one of Jehovah's dedicated witnesses. In harmony with Deuteronomy 1421, the administering of blood upon request to worldly persons is left to the Christian doctor's own conscience. So this stance has remained the same for many, many years, even adding further context over the years about how nurses may have no authority at all in the matter. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was like more directed towards doctors. Okay. So like it was just clarified that it's okay for them to follow doctor's orders and administer a transfusion to a non-witness. But 54 years later, on June 15th, 2018, a letter sent from the organization to all hospital liaison committees. And I actually want to read the entire letter because I think it's worth it. Okay. Dear brothers, we would like to inform you of an updated policy with regard to whether a Christian may administer a blood transfusion if he is directed to do so by a superior. The previous policy was that it would be a matter of personal conscientious decision whether to obey such an order. However, 
After carefully reviewing the matter, the governing board has determined that administering such a transfusion is so closely linked with an unscriptural practice that one unquestionably becomes an accomplice in a wrong practice. Stopping for just a second. It's been fine this whole time, and suddenly it is unquestionably becomes an accomplice. Yeah. How is it suddenly unquestionable? When it's been bl- when it's been iffy all of this time. No, it's been allowed all of this time. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like like and I think that's the danger of these like stark no gray area statements. Like that's a statement that's like we're trying to show that like we're really serious about this, even though we haven't been serious about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like so this whole time it was like as you know, they're as long as they're a non-witness, you can't you can't do anything about mm-hmm. it. And then now it's absolutely unquestionable. You're an accomplice. Yep. Where the fuck fifty-four fucking later years later? Yep. What so I'm like, what's worse? The constant flip-flopping or fifty-four years later suddenly having a problem? So <laughs> putting like, your foot down, yeah. It's so odd. Anyhoozle, it continues. Therefore, it would not be appropriate for a Christian to administer blood transfusion under any circumstance. A Christian who is a nurse or a doctor respects the scriptures and therefore would not recommend, order, or administer a blood transfusion. How a brother or sister will handle matters so as not to violate the scriptures would be something to decide personally bearing responsibility for the consequences of that decision. The possibility that a penalty might be imposed for non-compliance with orders from a superior would not be justification for a witness to break God's law. Hmm. Your job don't matter. Wow. Um, what if a witness who is an employee and is not responsible for deciding the matter is directed by a superior to draw blood for a test or to carry out other routine services, a non-witness blood transfusion patient? That's like a question. Mm-hmm. The witness can make a personal, conscientious decision whether to obey. You may inform witness doctors and nurses of this decision. And then it signs off. We send our warm Christian love. <laughs> it's not just any love. It's warm Christian <laughs> love. After we're like, mm, your job doesn't matter. Yeah. But then they also kind of throw in like the, I mean, it's ultimately up to you, but it's up to you if you want to break God's law. You know, once again, it's relinquishing. We're not vilifying these people, but we're telling them that they're vilifying themselves. It, you can make the decision. I mean, you're going to have dire consequences for it. But I mean, it's it's yours if you want to be an accomplice to breaking God's law. Yeah. It goes to back to the Simpsons reference that we talked about where it was the I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything to you, but I'm just going to kick the air in front of me like this. <laughs> And if you get hit, it's your own fault. Yep. So they're telling you it's not okay. They're like, you're breaking God's law. Mm-hmm. But like, think of the impact this has on people in the healthcare set. Yep. That are witness workers in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Now, what's crazy about this is that this was sent out to the hospital liaison committees in June of 2018. Five and a half years later, where we are. It still has yet to be published in an official Watchtower publication, which would go to all witnesses. Hmm. So it's like, why is that? Did they change their minds after? I mean, we know they're. We've sh- they've shown they do that. 
did they change their minds after sending that out and like just like kind of scrap it but then didn't even do like a follow-up we're just gonna act like it didn't happen Mm -hmm. like what's what's the deal like a lot of witnesses don't even know about this because it never hit mainstream mainstream it only went to the liaison committees Mm -hmm. did they even share did liaison committees even share it with medical staff from what i saw online there were people who were like yeah we didn't know about this who wow. work in the setting mm-hmm. damn isn't that interesting there's like so much politics involved in it in the level of if this got presented to liaison committees and they were like yeah we don't know how we feel about this and then they didn't present it to the doctors and then like did know. they get pushback from the committees being like we don't know how we're supposed to enforce this right like mm-hmm. and then they're like okay never mind we'll act like it didn't happen right but people, the wow. letter got out. Like, it leaked in the sense that people have seen this letter. Yeah. Probably people from the committees. hmm But, like, it was never a grand announcement. It's just... It's, Damn. It's fascinating. Okay, so we are officially done with the exploring timelines of changing policies. Okay. My final topic I want to discuss today is their blood cards and how they've changed over the years. Okay. So, blood cards, as they were originally called for many decades, serve as a legal document that witnesses carry on them so that even if they are incapacitated in the case of an accident or something, emergency and medical staff know not to give them blood. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that they're supposed to have it front and center in their wallet, even in front of their ID, so it's easy to find. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like originally once a year, there was a day at the local kingdom hall where you would go get a new card for the year, as well as any newly baptized members getting theirs. Okay. And you signed the card with two elders present as your witness. Got to renew your registration. <laughs> so I want to read you the wording of a card from the 60s. At the top it says, no blood transfusions. And then below says, as a God-fearing Christian and a believer of Jehovah's word, the Bible, I hereby demand that blood in any way shape or form, is not fed into my body. However, blood substitutes may be used in case of extreme loss of blood. Then it ends with, you must not eat the blood of any sort of flesh. Leviticus 17.14. Card is valid for uh, four months until we change our mind. (laughs) But that's what I was like back then. I'm like, (laughs) was once a year going to, was that going to work? That's not, no. Doesn't seem. (laughs) You got to come back in quarterly because we change our mind every quarter. So they eventually took off such verbiage as not to be fed into my body, which tracks right alongside with how over the years they got further and further away from equating it to this literal eating of blood. Yeah. Because remember, um, it was the same as cannibalism (laughs) at one point. But over the years, they sort of dropped that as a heavy part of their messaging. And they just kind of... Then they started leaning on more into just abstaining rather than feeding. Oh. <laughs> which even in today's message boards, which I was all over all the place of all of them. Of course. Um, in different forums, as people question the whole feeding thing, and again, um, bring up the breast milk, for example, as I did earlier, a lot of witnesses and their replies are very much like, it doesn't matter. Jehovah says to abstain, so we, so we abstain. But, like, the people like me 
are just like, but like for so long, they compared transfusions to eating blood. That right. was a big part of the narrative for a mm-hmm. very long time. And now suddenly it's like, well, none of that matters. We're just told to abstain. And the, we're just like, and that doesn't bother you. Yeah. But, you know, but I guess it doesn't bother them. I guess it doesn't. So they really, that was heavy in the beginning. And then over time, they just kind of started dropping, feeding, eating, mm-hmm. cannibalism. And it's just like, well, abstain. Cause abstain Do it because we told you to. Because abstain can be cover all things without yeah. people picking it apart. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't want to answer the breast milk thing because they're like, right. well, we're not talking about feeding anymore. But if it's still abstaining, but if yeah. abstaining covers everything. That's everything. That's still part of everything. And that's everything. <laughs> I went Aladdin for a second. I'm sorry. I, I, I heard Vlasic. I'm still on pickles. <laughs> like, the tastiest crunch you've ever heard? Hoid. Hoid. <laughs> sorry. The tastiest <laughs> crunch you've ever hoid? So I heard that's everything. That's how I heard it. Any hoozle. Because I went, I steal only what I can't afford. And that's, that's everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> so as time passed, the cards became more detailed and kind of official for back okay. of a, like, lack of a better word. Higher quality lamination, yeah, I'm exactly. assuming. Yeah, you yeah. know, more color count. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they started being called advanced medical directive. And again, keeping up with the ever changing policies. <laughs> It, they started to include a section about blood fractions and which were okay and which were not. So cross out uh, different things at different points and right, maybe do, right. you know because it's two. They had like two different um, like category, like two columns. Mm-hmm. Maybe just have a a line, a like slider. an arrow that's just like no, move this one over here. It was under uh, minor <laughs> or major. Now it's under minor. You know, just just kind of flip back and forth. It's like that TikTok thing where. You ask a question of preferences and like the people stand in a line and then they walk to which side is their preference. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Which fractions are okay this week? Yep. Platelets. And then I lean <laughs> to the left. I walk to the left, you know. So there were even cards specific for children detailing how their parents need to be called as the parents would know physicians to contact who would respect their religious beliefs. Then... In 2004, it changed from being called um, ad medical, Advanced Medical Directive to DPA, which is Durable Power of Attorney. And with this came the elimination of getting a new card every year. Wow. So previously, the yearly update kind of acted as a way for witnesses to show that they continued to believe in the blood policy. Okay. Whereas now, it's just like a one-time sweeping, yep, I believe forever type thing. In whatever they say, regardless of whether that changes, yep. Which, by all means, if a person stops believing the doctrine, they can stop carrying the card. But the argument on the medical end is when a patient is incapacitated and in need of blood, and they look at this card, and it's 10 years old, Mm -hmm. it leaves more room for them to question what they should do. Correct. Like, do they still believe this? Did they just not take it out of their wallet? Would they still refuse it today? Whereas with the yearly updates before, they could be more certain, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it just makes things more questionable and complicated on the conscience of medical staff. Where they're just like, God, this thing's old. Like, (sighs) is that where they stand right now today? Is it current? Have they just not cleaned out their wallet? Exactly. Yeah. And just because it's kind of interesting, 
some of the things that may have led to the change was basically the concern of how some witnesses weren't keeping up with their yearly cards anyway. Jeez. Because so, here's a letter, for example, sent from Watchtower to all elders in December 1993. A most serious situation was discovered this past summer at our Divine Teaching District Conventions. When brothers were asked to produce their advanced medical direct card in order to obtain one of the new releases. Some reports claim that more than 50% of the cards shown were either unsigned, not witnessed, or outdated. One card offered was dated 1988. It has an exclamation. <laughs> They're very concerned. <laughs> this leaves a great number of our brothers unprotected from routine blood transfusions. It is also likely to cause problems for, for others, since hospital personnel could misinterpret this to mean that witnesses are not serious or do not have strong convictions on the matter of abstaining from blood. So it seems like they were like, God, this is a problem. Why aren't you all keeping up with your yearly cards? This is a, right. almost like embarrassing. <laughs> but then they're like, well, if people aren't going to keep up with them anyway, we'll just make it a forever one time thing and call it good. <laughs> Whereas before it, it did act as like, even like on an ego side for them, it could be like, see, every year they say that they're still with yeah. it. And now they're like, you're not updating it. How embarrassing. Yep. Damn. And um, so that's it on blood cards. And I really wanted to keep things on track today, just discussing blood specifically. But th I thought it was worth noting at the end here that there was very similar flip-flopping with the policy on organ transplants. And it too was equated to cannibalism. Wow. Such as in, um, for example, November 1967, they said, quote, sustaining one's life by means of the body or part of the body of another human would be cannibalism a practice abhorrent to all civilized people. Wow. You are uh, linking in a lot of people. But even on that. Pretending like they believe what you believe. But even how, remember how I read those things that like in the 20s and 1940, where it was like commending mm -hmm. uh, blood donation. Mm -hmm. I found the same thing with transplants, where at one point they had this whole fucking document from the 40s. I think it was like 49. Mm -hmm. That was talking about like, the medical marvels of transplants. Wow. <laughs> and then later on, it's like... That changed quickly. And much like um, how they said blood transfusions could lead you to murder and steal, they said organ transplants could change your whole personality. Wow. In September 1975, saying, quote, A peculiar factor sometimes noted is a so-called personality transplant. That is, the recipient in some cases has seemed to adopt certain personality factors of the person from whom the organ came. Policies on vaccines had some of this too, but blood definitely, from what I could tell going through timelines, blood saw the most, mm -hmm. then transplants, then vaccines. But the theme here is that there's a lot of flippy floppy oh, yeah. on all policies. It's not yeah. just blood. <laughs> the whole like, the whole like, personality transplant thing bothers me because i feel like they're using a logic where it's like you know what else happened this person almost died and is alive by the by somebody else kind of giving them 
you know, this opportunity that's going to change you like you that's going to modify your mindset when you've gone through this kind of ordeal. And it's I feel like it's really convenient that they can use that to be like, well, no, your personality changed. Yeah, maybe like some things change in people when they are near death, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, saw have a life changing moment. And mm-hmm. and it, and as a millennial that references everything, it makes me think of a there's a Simpsons Halloween episode where Homer gets like um, hair from Snake, who's like the criminal guy. And then he slowly starts to become more like Snake. And he's like, there's he, truth. Yep. At night, there's he, tr- at night without him being awake, he's out like stealing cars and stuff like Snake used to. So that's what goes through my head this whole time. Well, we're, the, the predict. it's always about how the Simpsons are predicting the future. <laughs> Maybe they're right. Yeah. Look what happened to Homer. Yeah. Homer, when he got that hair transplant. Yep. That did it. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's where I'm going to cut it off today. Like I said, 14 typed pages. I think this is my longest dig to date in just like typed pages. So had to cut it somewhere. But oh my God, there's so much I could go (laughs) on and on and on about. Like I know how in some digs, like last week's, for example, I found out so much interesting information during research, but it's not necessarily totally streamlined or like relevant to what I'm talking about. So it's not going to be included. But that's not the case for today. (laughs) Like there's a ton I could share that's still completely on topic. And it wouldn't be like a tangent at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I didn't even dig into lawsuits or personal stories. <laughs> like the personal fucking stories got me. Yeah. And really, I don't know. Um, they're, they're so sad. And like, I don't know if people would want a second episode or not, but it's definitely enough <laughs> for We're a good, second. Yeah. And this one was particularly interesting for me because I just, I learned a lot. Because like, I always knew they didn't take blood. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do know that, mm-hmm. but it's not like I ever knew the details behind right. why. So it was interesting to to learn it all. Yeah. And on another level, it's just super interesting that they kind of really are the only ones with this belief. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was like looking to be like, anybody else? And I'm like, not really. Interesting. And I've talked in depth before about how the reason there are different denominations is because there's something about them that they think they're doing right that other people aren't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're using what you think is the correct translation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You didn't like something about all this and you created your own thing, period. Or you're an offshoot of something else because there was something you didn't agree with or you wanted to add. That's why there's mm-hmm. different denominations. Yeah. And even if they're not outwardly condemning everybody else at all times... I can't be convinced that they don't think... I don't think they're like, well, we're not right. We're not the correct ones here. <laughs> yeah. But just come here. Yeah. Like, they think for some reason that they're the one doing it all, right? Yeah. Doing it right, at least. So, them being the only one to have this, like, belief, I feel like would fuel that even more. Because mm-hmm. it's I like, believe. oh, like, we're like, we're like really right because we're the only ones doing this. <laughs> we're like really right. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, for reals, for reals. We're like, we're like really right. It yeah, it's just fascinating. Yeah, like the, I think that's you bring it up because obviously your upbringing, LDS was your scope of understanding, and now that we're kind of examining more and more faith, so much more in depth. Like we've had this conversation alone, where it's just interesting to look at what you grew up in and compare it to kind of these other things, you know. Well, and it also led me to just 
the thought of how it's oftentimes that it's people who are questioning things that become more informed than that, like the average member. Well, yeah. Like. That's the whole point of that is like you're, you're questioning things because you want answers. Yeah. Like Lee Elder, he started having questions and like feelings and, you know, something not adding up. So he starts to dig deep. Uh huh. And he'd been all in before, you know? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know any of the shit that he found. And that part of his story is not unique to him. Correct. It happens all the time. It's like how my dad said we were never to read anything that had any kind of questioning tone. You were not to dig into anything. You were supposed to go with what they present at church, what he chose to present at family home evening, and then I'd piss him off with verily, verily, I say unto thee. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was it. And things can look really different to you when you line it all up. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, maybe some witnesses may have known vaguely that the policy changed somewhat over the years. But sometimes it's the lining it all up mm-hmm. that makes the bigger impact. And maybe they couldn't keep up with reading all of these different watchtowers. They couldn't even keep up with the policy. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even know because they skipped a couple months. Right. <laughs> it's true, though. It's I, I always go back to like the main tenet of of science is the fact that you have to start by saying, I don't know. Like if you look at like scientists and the research they do, or just anybody being inquisitive like that, it all has to start from a level of humility by saying, I don't know, insert what it is here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a different, there's a different mindset there when you have to say, I, it takes me back to I, I made sushi for a while for a company called Fujisan and we were in like a really high end um, Safeway grocery store in like Scottsdale here in town. And one of one of um, Safeway's like big things is like if a guest asks you what you know where something is and you don't know, you never tell them you don't know, but you, you can tell them, you know what, I'm not sure, but let me go find out for you. And like I that carried through my career for years, but that's what reminds me of this. Like the main tenet of like science is that they want to learn something, so they have to start with I don't know, but let me find out. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? you know. Yeah, and and in my experience, that was very much not allowed. Not the case at all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just keeping with like Mormon, because that's what I you know mm-hmm. know and grew up with. For a lot of people, it's. It's when they get details about church history that they didn't know. Mm. Like, they might know a part of the story, but then when they hear the whole thing, kind of like how they may have known some stuff about this blood thing, and then they found out all of it, and he was like, Mm. oh, my God. A lot of people know part of the story, but then when they hear the whole thing, they're like, wait, why is that? Why has that detail always been left out? Like, things like that. It's like, I think people should have all the information so they can make their choice from there. Not curated or censored. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're purposely leaving stuff out or actively telling people not to do their own research, like, what are you afraid of? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the part that's... And I think I think in, in mind, too, is I think there's a level of emotional maturity that it takes from a group of people or specific people to say, I have gotten new information and it caused me to change my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there is a, a an inherent level of maturity there to be able to say... 
this is what I used to believe. I've gotten new information and you know what? It made me reevaluate. But there's so many times where like people or groups just dig in harder because they don't want to look like they were doing something wrong or they were like it causes them to dig in further without because they don't want to admit I was doing something incorrect or I was yeah. I was doing something that I no longer it doesn't align with my beliefs now that I've gotten new information. You yeah. know what I mean? And taking this to the blood policy with witnesses. Um, so this is pure. This is people's opinion. This is what people have shared, like in these forums. It's an opinion I agree with. Mm-hmm. Everything else I've been telling you straight from their mm-hmm. <clears throat> from their own documents. There's been no opinion. <laughs> but this is this is straight up opinion that I agree with. But people someone was saying how they talked to someone kind of higher up in their church who also was starting to have doubts. And they just said like, why have they, why won't they just reverse this? And they was like, they can't. Then they have to answer to all the lives that were lost before. Mm -hmm. So instead they make these small tweaks of like, Mm -hmm. well, you can have this part of it and you can try this part of it. You can try this practice instead, but that's where like really like the fractions thing came in because mm-hmm. instead of as time went on and either they just changed their opinions loosened or through other like medical things, they're afraid to like fully reser- reverse it for mm-hmm. fear of people being like, do you know how many people have fucking died because of this policy? Yep. So they're like, yeah, we'll never, mm-hmm. we'll never do a total reverse. Yep. I, I believe that to be true. Uh-huh. I think that's a solid yep. thing to believe. But just interesting. And and all of this is kind of what I mean when I say that people questioning things tend to know more than just the average member of the congregation. Because mm-hmm. some may know and either ignore it or they're fine with it, I guess. That does happen. But I just think that many people don't know. Yeah. And then they get mad at you in a way for looking into it. Like my dad would be pissed if he were still around and I rattled off some of the things I learned that bothered me, but he'd be mad at me Mm -hmm. for looking into it. Not the fact that it happened or existed or that there's even documented proof of it. Mm -hmm. I would be the problem. Yep. There's a, there is a song by one of my favorite bands. It's called the slackers. Um, and they have a song called knowing and the whole line is it, is uh knowing is a two-edged sword of what is good and what's ignored um wisdom is a liquor store it tastes so sweet but just wait till you wake up in the morning and i that Mm -hmm. keeps going through my head through a lot of this is because like knowing a lot of the stuff about it you're more informed and you can make a better decision but if you're in this group like it's potentially shattering a lot of the bases of things in your life you know Mm -hmm. what i mean And today we're obviously focusing on a specific doctrine of a religion. And I just touched on my own upbringing and Mm -hmm. how I questioned. I mean, I wasn't like I've covered. I was never fully. I was never deep in it. There was no deconstruction needed. But I still learned stuff that I was like, this is like, you know, that that (laughs) bothered me even as like not like a. A full card carrying member. I still found stuff that was never taught to me that I found to be highly a problem. Problematic. Yeah. But um, yeah. So talking about this blood doctrine i've talked about my own upbringing but i feel like this applies to giving a deeper look into any like 
institution or organization. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anything when you feel like something is off. Yeah. That could be your job. Mm-hmm. could be you feel like something's off, you look into it, and then you're the problem because you looked into it. Right. Or a public organization. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, all this, it's all the same thing. It's just the idea that doubt and curiosity tend to make you so much more informed. Mm-hmm. And then that pisses other people off. Yeah. So. Mostly because they have less control over you at that point. Yeah. Or they're like, why are you bringing this up? I don't want to know this. Sometimes that's seriously it. They seriously yeah. get mad at you because they're like, don't, don't shut up. I don't want to know. Yeah. You're shattering the yeah. veil. <laughs> they're like, yeah. don't do that. I don't even want to go there. Yeah. And then you're the problem. Mm-hmm. So. Problem. So, uh, good on you, liberal elder. <laughs> Brought a lot of attention to it. And... Do you think they're allowed to watch the movie Blood In, Blood Out? Probably not. I doubt it. Do you think that any witness, like, te- like, you know, I remember, like, in the, um, oh, I almost said haunted house. What are they called? Oh, oh my God. Why did I just blank? Hell houses. Jesus, that took a long time. To get- remember on hell houses? I'm like, it kind of, like, maybe participating could feel like an act of rebellion in a way mm-hmm. because it's the only time they get to, like, participate in that. Do you think, like, a witness teenager, like, gets a paper cut and then, like, sucks on the blood and is like, oh, I just ate blood? Well, it's their own. That's st- I don't think that's allowed either. <laughs> so if somebody so if somebody cut themselves like that, sometimes that's the instinct to stop it. So that's funny. Shunned, shunned. <laughs> but if he's really, really sorry, like yeah, really what if they sorry, show a lot of regret? Yeah, they'll be fine. Oh, I'm, I'm so regretful. They just have to walk around saying that every once in a while, all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm stopping there for today. But good God, yeah. there's a lot. So out of all like the monsters, like the vampires are the scariest, right? like sure yeah for them yes definitely mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> there's so much in here mm-hmm. not a big fan of the twilight series these ones you know yeah wow you want to dig on some shit yeah this one's actually hyper personal right now so um here we go we're gonna get on to first of all i commend you with how much research you did on that because that was that was a trek I told him, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pace myself. <laughs> this was equal, if not, yeah, this was equal to about last week's. Man. Um, you got some doozies out. Because, I, because I was, my problem is, is that I'm like looking up every fucking source. That's my problem. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't just take a date. I just, I, I found the fucking publication. Like, so. And you had that at your disposal. You don't always have that at yeah. your disposal. So. so I was like, man, I gotta pace myself or I'm gonna burn out. Yeah. Because I'm, it's already getting <laughs> two weeks into the new year and the new, well, not the new season, but um, yeah. to the new year. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm tired already. Yeah. But it's interesting. It is very interesting. All right. What are we digging on? I think you should go first. I need a, my voice. St- I I'm always st- assume so. I'm still, but I'm still sick. Like, I'm still struggling. So, am I. <laughs> so I'm like, I need a break. Yeah. We're still still carrying this on. My right ear has been plugged for like four days. Anywho, um, I am digging on the random people that you meet in your work life that you become friends with. And part of it is like I've I've been seeing a lot of stuff online. You know, I've found a lot of like restaurant worker pages and stuff that I've slowly like subscribed to, but a lot of them talk about like 
isn't it weird that you get a job and you're in like your early 20s and your your best friend is like a 37 year old mom of three and your your most hated enemy at work is like a 53 year old guy <laughs> <laughs> like you know yeah. it's just these weird demographics that you wouldn't normally at sometimes interact with you know what i mean like how many times as an early 20 year old would you know this random ass like 55 year old um so I'm digging on when you have those weird connecting relationships with people in your life that you're like, we would never be friends outside of here. But you are my favorite co 30 years older than me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And then somebody posted, I could do without high school reunions, but I wish I could have a reunion with all the random ass people that I've met in my in my working life. Yeah. Like, and I it, that got me thinking all the way back to like just random people I've worked with that are... This 43-year-old man from the island of of Dominique, which is this tiny island in the Caribbean. And, and it's like me and him worked together for like three years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just just those cool people. I have a friend who's um, kind of going through some medical stuff right now. So that's yeah. what I'm digging on. Good one. Good one. I am uh, purposely picking something less blubbery <laughs> this week. I might in a pickle just uh, have it describe why there was more behind that than just the fucking video um but less blubbery this week i am digging on my rewatch of alfred hitchcock presents <laughs> because i've been a long time alfred hitchcock fan even before i realized <laughs> mm -hmm. as a kid i loved the movie rebecca which is sort of interesting because it has some slow parts yeah but i love that movie didn't even know who he was but then as I got older, I started loving Psycho and Rear Window and Vertigo and, so good. you know, like, just like all of those. So I'm a big Hitchcock fan. Mm -hmm. And it's probably like six years ago at this point that I watched Alfred Hitchcock Presents like in its entirety. And mm -hmm. I'm like, it's time again. And it's on <laughs> Peacock. But it's great because you get those little doses in a 20 something minute episode. Yeah. Like short story style. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I put one on while I'm drinking my coffee in the morning and then because it's not it's not a big dedication it's a short episode yeah and then um if i'm eating lunch later i can put one on and you know or like whatever so yeah i'm digging on alfred hitchcock presents they're good little stories some of them are super iconic oh yeah and there there definitely is a part of like post holiday um like time that i think feels like alfred hitchcock time well most years I do something, not every year, but like, mm -hmm. like five, six years ago, I watched all of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Like one year, I just like started watching all of the movies that I had of him. It just, yeah, it's like the new year always feels like I'm like, hmm, I want to watch that. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, it just spurs it for some reason. Can I have a, a complimentary digging on? Oh, absolutely. So we love like a lot of the artistic cinematic choices that Hitchcock made in lighting and composition of like the frame the scores of them. Yeah. I so mean, it good. was, a, there's a whole reason why he's so iconic and it was a very specific vision. And as a comic book reader, I found an artist named Greg Smallwood and his his pieces are incredible like i ab he's probably my favorite artist in comic books and i'm i'm reading a um a run that was called the human target for dc comics 
and a lot of his frames that he draws you feel just like scream Alfred Hitchcock and it's it's scenes that are of something in a room where there's blinds and like he illuminates the all the hard lines of the blinds onto whatever the subject matter is and it's so i i will randomly go to whitney and be like look at this look at how hitchcocky in this this mm-hmm. these t- like two frames are you know what i mean so if you're an art fan or you're a comic book fan greg smallwood or an alfred hitchcock fan. or an alfred hitchcock <laughs> fan greg smallwood is absolutely insane well um i think i've told you that we haven't still i still haven't taken down our christmas shit i'm busy <laughs> but we have these tall skinny shelves in our in our like sitting room mm-hmm. that are like glass and like whatever and i've never fully filled them the way i wanted to and we have a shit ton of books that i'm like we need to find more spots for mm-hmm. so i want to start theming different shelves to mm-hmm. different things so one of them is going to be like local so it's going to be local cookbooks local we have books that are like the history of phoenix and the history of glendale like shit mm-hmm. like that i have some alfred hitchcock books yeah. We should add some of your comic books to it. We should, yeah. <laughs> that can be the theme of the, one of the shelves. Because the covers are in the same style, too. The covers feel like Alfred Hitchcock movie posters. Mm-hmm. And I and my random side note in that exact same thing, I went to a thing last year called the Arizona Comic Book Art Festival. And it was kind of like a con, but there was no like cosplay. Like You were literally meeting the artists, and they were talking to you about stuff and you were looking through their portfolios and they were signing things and it was such a cool thing i went with my niece katie we need to go again this year it's in march um so when we went i remember telling the artists that were at this festival i feel like i can tell what you were into when you were like 12 or 13 years old because you could tell that like this guy was hyper into um like space type things because he has a lot of like really like 60s and 70s like space um you know notes in a lot of his art or this person was into this so greg smallwood i'd be like oh you've been at alfred hitchcock for a while haven't you You yeah so and you got me that alfred hitchcock like the women like all of his leading ladies yeah like really cool coffee table book for christmas last year so like i love all that stuff yeah (laughs) it's a good one well as usual feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug. Enjoy our episode visuals and maybe some Hitchcock related stuff on Instagram at digging up the Duggars pod. And if you'd like to send us some traditional snail mail, we do have a PO box five, nine, seven, three Glendale, Arizona eight, five, three, one, two. All right. Well, don't go watch blood in blood out. If you're not allowed to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or be really, really sorry afterward that you watched. Blood yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Nicely done, lady. Thank you. Have a good week.